Welcome to Art Meet Offspring. I'm Monica Flory. Here we talk about how to make art with kids around and mine the habits of creative people to figure out how to make parenting easier and more fun. Today I'm in conversation with Jess Noel. Jessica Noel is a choreographer and dance theater maker who believes that children's theater can be edgy, moving, and impactful. She is the owner and director of Philly Pack, a Philadelphia theater and dance education center that recently celebrated their 10th season. Her work is heavily influenced by Annie B. Parson of Big Dance Theater, Pina Bausch, Bertolt Brecht, Peter Brook, and Blanca Zizka. Our outdoor conversation starts in a moment. Jess Noel, welcome to Art Meet Offspring. Hello, Mon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited because we are vaxxed and we are doing this episode outside. Yeah! <laughs> So if you hear the birds chirping and the traffic going by, it's legit. It's for real. It's really beautiful um, in your garden. I love it here. Thank you. I love having you here. First off, will you please tell us about the kind of art you make? I make a lot of theater with young people. Um, I primarily work in theater and dance education. And sometimes I make theater with adults, but mainly I make theater with a lot of children and teenagers. And the type of theater that we make, I say we because I work with Monica Flory. The type of theater that we make at Philly Pack is very physical, so we make a lot of dance theater. Yes, I love the work we do. Okay, so please tell us what you would like us to know about your family. Um, my husband, John, is a physics professor at Temple. And he's basically like Wayne Zielinski and um, <laughs> Belle's dad from Beauty and the Beast. He's like an inventor and he's very brilliant and he's a problem solver and at any moment at our house, um, there's like wires and light bulbs and batteries and soldering <laughs> iron like spread out on the dining room table. And then when people are coming and I know that they're coming, I make him put all of that away <laughs> so no one ever sees it. Uh, that's John. And um, he's also a musician. He plays mandolin, guitar, bass, drums, congas piano he plays he can play anything and um, he's got like a really great ear for music so that's been really helpful and awesome in the past and then my son is 11 and um, he is also a musician he plays piano and he's also an inventor and a problem solver like my husband and he's also a theater maker. So he's grown up in the work that we do at PAC. And so he's very much a storyteller and um, 
yeah, he's, he's kind of a mixture of both worlds. How has becoming a parent impacted your artistic work? Um, before my kid was born, I was trying on the hat of actor and director. And after he was born, I realized that I just wanted to be home at night. And I know that a lot of people make it work. Um, but for me, I wanted, I wanted to be home at dinner and I wanted to be home at bedtime. That was like really important to me. So starting pack when my son was 11 months old was a way for me to work in the field that I love, but be home at night. Did you ever dream when your son was 11 months old that the company would grow to how it has grown? Was that sort of always a part of the picture? No, I, I had no idea. I mean, I used to wear him um, in a baby carrier and I would be choreographing you know, 35 kids um, with my kids strapped, with my baby strapped to me. And I just thought that we were this like little tiny troop of, of young people making little projects. Um, but then it's like, as my son grew, the company grew and he just grew with it. Um, because they're kind of the same age. Pag <laughs> and my son are basically the same age. And so 10 years later, I have an 11 year old and the company is big. We are a lot of young people and we're strong and confident in our storytelling and in our skills and and my son in the same way is big and strong and confident so yeah they're kind of the same <laughs> pack and my son are the same twins they're twins yeah <laughs> twins. they're twins i always said i have a son and a daughter my daughter is super high maintenance and she's a drama queen <laughs> and that's pack how do you feel that being an artist has shaped your parenting? Being an artist, um, you're in your head a lot. You're, th you're in the headspace thinking and analyzing every single thing that happens um, during any given day. And so parenting as an artist I have a tendency to overanalyze my choices, <laughs> um, but it's also given me this really creative lens to look at parenting. So um, suddenly things that are maybe challenging um, to non-artists, to the artist becomes really beautiful and fun. So things like dress up, um, cooking with your kid, uh, working on school projects and crafts, and all of that type of stuff is really fun if you're an artist. It's not overwhelming, um, it's fun. But yeah, Artists can overanalyze and be really, really hard on themselves because they're in their head. So that's been a challenge, something that I'm really trying to work on. 
is just like stepping out of the hamster wheel and second guessing my parenting choices and I would really like to step out of that and just be like really confident about my parenting. <laughs> Work in progress. Jess, will you talk a little bit about the art that you make together with your husband and son? Um, and with you. And with and with, <laughs> and with Kat. John very much had a hand in building out the space that we operate and we make work out of. So did Jason, um, Monica's husband. So people who visit Pack Garage Theater, they are visiting a family collaboration. Um, my husband had so much to do with electrical, audio, lighting, um, and just like general, like the tech side of theater is a, is a really a strength of John's. And um, Jason had so much to do with the configuration of the space and Monica's dad had so much to do with the construction of the stage. Also, Jason had a lot to do with that. Um, and then my son has grown up seeing this work that we do as a family and he takes ownership over that work as well. So he, he participates in design classes with Kat and then he takes what he learns from Kat and he applies it to running lights for a show like what we just produced, um, White Dress. My son ran some of the lighting for that. So I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's a family affair and he's grown up with it. And I think Pac is as much his baby as it is my baby. My son and my husband have extreme ownership over that company and um and they they want to be involved it's not like um it's not something that they feel like they have to be involved in it's like they've always been involved in it they care about it they care about its success they care about its growth they care about the projects that we're making and they want to give input and they want to help and that makes it so awesome it makes me feel like I'm not alone and it's the same with the way that I work with you and the way that I work with Kat and the way that I work with the team at PAC it just feels like I'm not alone ever and I don't want to be alone doing this kind of work I want to be with my family so it's a family affair one of the things that I have always admired so much about your household is the role that music plays in in your family. Could you talk a little bit more about how that plays out in your house? Um, okay. Well, we, uh, John and I don't always speak the same language. This is what I say. Like, we are very different, very different. He's a scientist, and he's very analytical, and he's very logical, and I'm an artist, and I sort of, like live up in the rainbows <laughs> and the clouds <laughs> and um and so from the 
like first moment that we met, we started playing music together. Um, I'm a singer and I play baritone ukulele and a little bit of bad piano is what I call it. <laughs> I play bad piano. And, um, and we just started making music from the very beginning when we first were falling in love with each other. And music became our common thread. It became our love language. And anytime, like if we're fighting, if we're stressed out, if we get out the instruments and just start like noodling around and playing music, everything negative melts away. And so music is a huge part of our house and and it will always be that way because that's like kind of the glue that holds us together. And then for my kid, um, he's on his own musical journey. He's he plays piano and he's starting to take interest in other instruments. Um, not because we forced him like with piano, we're like, you will play piano. <laughs> but um, he's starting to take interest in other aspects of music on his own. And so that's really exciting to think, you know, maybe we will all sit around and jam someday. Right now, we're not really there yet. We don't really jam together as a trio. Um, and I don't know if we ever will. I don't know if he's ever going to want to do that, but maybe he will. And um, I think the big thing is that he sees John and I playing together, and he hears, like, that's a huge part of his background noise in the house is us playing music together. And so I think that... Um, Maybe he'll take that into his relationships when he starts like having relationships is maybe the example is that no matter what you're going through as a couple, you can find something that brings you back to gro the ground. So when you think about the role that the arts have played in your life and thinking about a singer and your students, are there one or two things that you would love for them to take away about about a life in the arts? Um, so I think my purpose in this life, like I've done a lot of thinking about this over a pandemic, and I'm really, really excited that I think I've finally figured out, like my purpose is to give young people tools to feel really confident in theater making so that means like I want the next generation of theater makers to feel really good about making theater I want them to love it but I also want them to feel like this is my art, this is the way I express myself. Look what I can do with it. Come see what I can do. And then I want them to feel confident that they have the tools within themselves to move people. Whether, la whether to laughter or whether tears or whatever, like their storytelling capabilities are strong and impactful and moving and that's what that's like my purpose in life is 
for the next generation just to feel really good about what they can do on stage. When you think about your time as a young artist, is was there a particular moment where you realized that you had the tools to move people? Yeah, we. Um, I was making theater in Amarillo, Texas, under this education director named Sarah Youngblood. Shout out to Sarah Youngblood Ochoa. I hope she's listening. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna make sure she listens. Um, but she was this education director that I studied under for years in this tiny West Texas town that I grew up in. And she had gone to school at St. Edward's University in Austin and at St. Edward's, which is this like really edgy private school in Austin, Texas, and they have a really cool theater department. She had come back to her hometown of Amarillo after college and she just had like bonkers perspective on what young people were capable of and so she instilled that in her students that young people are not only capable of making great art but young people are actually capable of moving audiences in a way that adults are not because there's something about watching young people make work um, that is by default really, really moving. So Sarah sort of taught us how to like capture that magic of the fact that we were young and we are still learning, but that in and of itself is very beautiful. Like um, having confidence to get up on stage and try things out even though you are still learning is brave and it's like it's that bravery that our students have that makes the work so compelling um so sarah gave us the tools to start devising theater and my best friend when i was in high school patrick andrews he still makes theater (laughs) hi patrick um he decided to create and devise um, with an ensemble an original piece of The Little Prince. This was a project that was like very near and dear to his heart and so he started devising with an ensemble of young people. We were all in high school. Um, Patrick was probably 16 when he started directing this and what Sarah did was she gave us room to make the work. She said, here, she gave us a deadline. She said, here's the date that this piece is going up. And then she just like went in her office and closed the door. And that was so huge for me. Like I loved the way she directed and I would have worked under her on any project, Mm -hmm. but it was the fact that she stepped away and gave a bunch of teenagers room to build our own piece that was like hugely influential on the work that I do today, we do today. As a working artist and business person who has been in it since your son was very young, how do you manage to make the space to get your work done? 
It got a lot easier when he went back to school. So, or when he went to school. So it was really hard to find um, like the brain space when he was a toddler. And I ended up hiring a nanny to come in like an hour before I had to be with my students so that I could take an hour to prep before they got to me. And um, so that's what I did when he was little. But then when he went to school, everything changed because he was gone from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And so now I have this rhythm that works really well for me. I don't have to parent from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. So I just live in this pack world and I can think about it freely and dream about it and um, envision like the next project and what we're gonna do with it. And, and then sometimes I don't think about PAC at all when he's at school. Sometimes I just read books or play ukulele or pull weeds in the garden. Like, but it's, it's just a lot of brain space when he went to school. And yeah, and, and, and that has continued even in pandemic <laughs> because he had um, virtual stuff that he had to log on for and he had assignments that had to be completed. And so even though he was home, it was still, there was still a lot of brain space for me because he had his own work to do. So yeah, it's a good rhythm. So do you have any parenting hacks for us? Anything that then or now has made your life easier or more fun? <laughs> well, I don't know if this is good or bad. Okay. But I pay, I pay my kid to do a lot of stuff. So I'm a big... Please say more. <laughs> I'm a big... I'm a big proponent for like a little bit of cash bribery. Okay. But let me expound. So if I want him involved in a project that we're producing and, and maybe he's reluctant, I give him a job to do and I pay him. So for example, like if you work spotlight in this project, I'll give you 10 bucks a show. And I think that's doing two things. First of all, it motivates my kid to hang out with me, even though it's like for financial <laughs> gain. And then the second thing that it does is it shows him that theater is an industry and it is a job. And um, all of these jobs in the theater are things that people do for money. Like it's an occupation. So lighting designer, sound technician, house manager, like all of these jobs. He's worked all of those, by the way. <laughs> and he's 11. Um, all of those jobs make li a living for people. So I want him to know that. I want him to know that theater is, yes, it's an art and it's super amazing, but it's also a job and he can make a little cheddar <laughs> if he comes and helps mom. And that has been like a, a hack. That's been a hack for me because I want him around. I want to hang out with my kid. So... I want to hang out with my kids, so 
I, I will pay him to hang out with me. <laughs> Is that a good thing to say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Maybe there's like a, another hack that I could think of. Um, no, I. that's it. I, that's all I got. I love that one. That's a completely new one for the podcast for this season. So I think... Just throw it's some excellent. cash at your kids and they'll hang out with you. I think that's excellent. <laughs> so this season on the podcast, some of us have talked about um, thinking about our kids as they get older and what reaction you have to the thought of your kid being in the arts as a profession. So since we just sort of talked about all those jobs that Singer has done, do you have any like current thoughts or feelings about that? I would love for him to work in the theater. That would be amazing. I have this dream, I have this fantasy (laughs) that he is like the technical director of a company that I, maybe I, maybe I don't run that company but maybe I'm in some way involved in that company or not maybe he is a technical director someday like I dream about that I think he would be really good at it he shows interest in tech theater in sound engineering in lighting design and I credit Kat Caro for that hi Kat (laughs) I um I credit Kat for that Kat has given my son so much confidence in production design and and then my husband has given him a lot of confidence in tech so I would love it if he worked in the theater oh my god I would love that but I'm gonna be okay if he chooses a different field which could very well happen he he's super interested in engineering he's really interested in biology um he's really interested in architecture so you know I don't know but if he ended up in in tech that would be really cool I don't think he's going to end up an actor thank god (laughs) just kidding (laughs) just kidding to all my students who are now actors former students who are now actors I'm just kidding but I don't think he's going to end up an actor, but maybe I could be wrong. He's an incredible actor mm-hmm. and he's an incredible storyteller. I love watching him tell stories. Um, and I think he feels really confident in acting, but I just don't know if that's, that's the direction that he's headed. Thank God. <laughs> just kidding. But that is a hard field and we all know it. That is a hard one. Actors, oof, I love you, actors. I love you so much. But that one's hard. I always think actors are some of the most generous people I know. You have to be really generous yeah, to they're, be an actor. Yeah, they're the best. Like, yeah. we actually, we as theater makers, we worship actors. Yeah. And playwrights. The actors and the playwrights. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Um, I love actors so much. I'm just really, really thankful that that wasn't my calling because I don't think I have a thick enough skin. I get my feelings hurt really easily. Um, And I'm working on that. 
I'm working on being tougher, but man, my friends who are actors, they have thick skins. And that's another thing that I want to instill in our students and in my kid is like, when people knock you down and tell you that you're not good enough, don't listen to them. Just get back up, brush yourself off, and just walk forward. That's what I want our students to take away. One of the things that makes working with you such a joy is the way that you have this big, beautiful vision so you can see sort of all of the parts of a show and all of the things that need to be a part of the storytelling. Has that been true since you were small? Have you always had that sort of big vision for projects? Yeah, grand delusions. <laughs> um, I'm so delusional. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's, that, I think that that's my contribution to our company. Um, I always say, like, I'm the big picture, and then Monica and Kat and Carolyn and Anna and Hillary and the team fills in the details. I'm not a detail person. That is for sure. Um, But I am the big picture person. So I sort of call it, like, postcards um, from 12 rows back. So I go 12 rows back in my head, And I can see these snapshots of the production and it's just visuals. And then Monica fills it in with text. So I'll say like, for example, I'll say like, okay, there's this Brachiosaurus dinosaur (laughs) cardboard puppet that comes in from the entrance and pokes its head out. And the audience thinks that it's just a head But then the whole dinosaur walks out on stage and the audience is like blown away by this huge cardboard dinosaur. Okay, go. And then like Monica (laughs) figures out how that snapshot fits in in the story. And then Kat figures out how to make a giant cardboard dinosaur (laughs) so that I think that's that's why we have been able to work together for so many years is because it takes the big picture person and the detail person it takes both in order to produce theater so do you have any projects or ideas right now that are floating around that are really close to your heart well we're producing the hobbit in the fall and we're gonna do like a deep dive into tolkien off the top of your head you may be thinking like how is tolkien relevant right now after this like pandemic that we've moved through and after black lives matter movement like where does tolkien fit in Well, we're so excited to figure that out. (laughs) And um, on a parenting note, when I announced to my son before we had made the announcement public to our students that we were doing The Hobbit, um, I told my son, we're going to do The Hobbit. And he ran and found his dusty old copy that was my husband's and started rereading. And... He's like doing a deep dive 
um, Hobbit reread right now, and it is like so delicious. I love it so much to see my kid get so excited about the fall project that he's like rereading such a beautiful piece of literature that's like actually pretty hard to read if you're 11 years old, but he's just like diving in. That is really inspiring to me. And it also makes me think about all of our other kids and all of our other students and like, okay, I get to see how one kid is responding to the fall show announcement, but I wonder if like all of our kids um, are watching the movies and rereading the text and getting excited about the fall. That, that is really exciting for me. Also, um, I'm excited about Fringe in September. Monica and I are collaborating on something we don't know yet what we're doing. I'm pulling in Carolyn Breyer for Fringe. Um, Shout out to Carolyn. Carolyn is a choreographer that we work with. Uh, Yeah, just good stuff happening in the future. Theater is back. It's going to be stronger than ever. It's going to be so beautiful people are just going to freak out we're freaking out we're freaking out (laughs) we are freaking out we are so happy that it's back do you have any sense of how you think theater is going to be different after this really devastating time it's a time that's been so unusual and surely a marker in our lifetimes. Do you have a sense of how theater is going to change or curiosity about how it will change? Well, I know, and I've said this to a lot of people, like the second that I set foot back in like a Broadway capacity theater, I'm going to be masking for a while because that's just like a lot of people um, in an indoor space and... I'm going to mask not I mean I'm vaccinated from COVID but it's like after this whole experience I realized oh wow like that's where people get sick Hmm. and I've been curious if I like how long I'm going to do that because I know that it's a trauma response Mm -hmm. me like I cannot not go into those spaces because it's like theater is my church like it's my religion so I'm not gonna not go to church but um I'm gonna mask and I even though I'm vaccinated and I don't I just don't know how long that feeling is going to last one thing that I don't want to see right now is like theater about the pandemic and I know that Jody Picolt is writing a show about lockdown. And when I saw that, um, I think like American Theater Magazine put something out about that. When I saw that, I thought in my initial gut reaction was like, no, because <laughs> I do not want to see pandemic theater right now. But we have to process what we went through and the way that I process things is going to shows so eventually I'm going to need to see that show 
eventually I'm gonna need to watch the films about what we went through um and like right now it just seems like too soon (laughs) but I think that maybe sooner rather than later I'm gonna be interested in those pieces I I think so because you know we gotta process yeah but I'm also going to be here for the comedies and the splashy, silly musicals because that's what we need, too. So, Jess, as we wrap up our time together today, I would love to hear your reaction to a quote. It's the same quote that um, Kat responded to in her interview, and I'm just so curious what you think of it. So this is a Gina Frangello quote. The point of art is to unsettle, to question, to disturb what is comfortable and safe, and that shouldn't be anyone's goal as a parent. So she was talking about the challenge of doing both, and I'm just curious how how that quote lands for you. I mean, I disagree with that quote because um, I think that our kids should not be comfortable and coddled in this life I think that to raise uh, to raise up a person who is empathetic and successful in society they need to know truth and and the truth about life is that it hurts 50% of the time and 50% of the time it's beautiful so yes art needs to unsettle but also like parenting it's your responsibility to unsettle at times so that your kid knows the truth and then after you unsettle then you can settle and make them confident that everything's going to be okay and that's life Jess Noel, thank you so much for having this conversation today. Thanks, Mon. This was a lot of fun. I feel like the birds have been punctuating your... Uh, the, <laughs> I feel like the birds are the sound design, so I would like to also thank the birds. Thank you, birds. I love <laughs> you, birds. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> You can find out more about Philly Pack at phillypack.org and on the Facebook group Philly Pack. You can find more of Jess's work at Instagram at Jess underscore N underscore Philly. Special thanks for this episode. Go to Spencer Letvac for technical support and Doherty for naming the show. And to all of our guests this season, thank you for sharing your time and your insights. Our music is by Scott Gratton. Thank you all for tuning in to season one of Art Meet Offspring, where parents get to make serious art, creatives get to be great parents, and everyone is both tired and loved. I'm Monica Flory, And I'll see you next time.